Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Paula Love-Clark, welcome once again to Human Stories. So nice to see you again. Oh, thank you for having me on again, Tony. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, anytime, anytime, because you've always got a different story for Human Stories and you've got a, a, a very different one now, um, although it's uh, another book. It's a totally different book. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just read something from the back cover. It says here, so it must be true, it's on your book. Uh, Paul Love Clark is a published author and poet. Pyramid is her fifth book and debut novel. So that's what's different. It's your first novel. Uh, she is also an established artist, award-winning makeup artist. Let's just check. Yeah, she's looking okay on Zoom. Uh, and interviewer and presenter. Pyramid is a riveting dive into the uncharted depths of human potential when artificial intelligence is intricately woven into the very fabric of the human brain. The narrative unfurls around Jake, an unwitting protagonist whose life takes a surreal twist when he encounters a celestial being seemingly an angel. This ethereal guide takes him by the hand and they soar through the currents of time, landing in a future both astonishing and harrowing. Mm-hmm. Wowee. And there's more. That's, that's, uh, that sounds fascinating. I have, I've got the book here because obviously I just read off the back of it. And yes. I'm, up to, I'm up to page 23, so I've hardly touched it. Um, but I find it very difficult to put down, in fact. You know, it's, it is uh, intriguing and it's very hard to, to put down. Tell me um, why you wrote this book about artificial intelligence. That's such an interesting question, right? And I keep asking myself that, why, you know, why that? Because obviously I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm, I'm not a tech person. In fact, I'm just... I'm a technophobe. I really don't know much about tech. Um, I have to get everyone else to do stuff for me. Um, it's more to do with, which ties in with human stories. It's more to do with being human. So uh, I've gone through numerous challenges, you know, having lost so much so many times, nearly lost my life three times, once flatlining. And still, I'm able to get up every single time after those losses and after those challenges and still be grateful for my life. Because I think when we when we come to this earth, however we come, whether it's, you know, through the channel of birth or whether, you know, lots of people think it's a soul and, you know, we reincarnate or maybe it's soul lessons or whatever. I have no idea. I've mentioned it a little bit in the book, you know, some thoughts on it. But we have to come and we have to live our best possible life and and so many of us get stuck at the walls and the boundaries of challenge and it's like a maze and we can't get out some people um form addictions trying to deal with the you know the maze that they're in and other people come through and like they come through with like mad max you know or you know roaring in his car or um uh, just think of all these other heroes that come through with their swords and gladiators and so on. And they push through all those barriers and they come out and, and then they create something magical. 
So most of us aren't like either of those. We're kind of in the middle and we're trying to, you know, trying to get through life as best we can. We have relationships. Sometimes they work, sometimes they fail, etc. And so bearing all that in mind that I've had all those challenges and I have, no matter how what's happened to me, I do manage to create. You know, I during lockdown, I lost everything I'd built up and then I, you know, really had my kind of second life, <laughs> you could, oh. you know, creative life. And, you know, I, I published four books in 10 months and I became an artist. I ran my own two podcast shows. Uh, I was an interviewer and I managed to win quite a few awards, you know, for inspiration and, and entrepreneurship and yes, the one with the makeup. And so, and I am a single parent and I've had very little money the last three years to survive on. And before that, with trauma, I'd lost everything. And then it took me 18 months of having very little money again and just seeing it building up and then losing it all again. Some people would give up. Now, I think during all of that, you find out what really makes you human, what really makes you you. And I find that actually it's not difficult to be kind. It's not difficult to be generous or grateful or compassionate or empathetic. And so after my art, well, it was just the day before my art exhibition, I woke up. That was on the 1st of December. So on the 30th of November, 2022, I woke up with a feeling of the importance of what it was to be human. And I felt like I had this book birthing inside me. It was just dating. It was just building throughout the whole of December that I had to somehow show the importance of being human. Now, I've been concerned for a little while about, you know, there's quite a few people out there who are talking about hacking our brains and merging our brain with, you know, implanting a chip in our brain and merging the best of humanity with the best of technology. Mm. It's concerned me for quite a while because at the nagging, at the nagging end of my brain is, yeah, but who controls the computer? Mm. Who controls the chip? And that stayed with me. So when I had this building and then somebody said, you should watch Colony, which I did over between Christmas and New Year. I had three days to myself and I binged watch Colony, which is really interesting. It's all about aliens invading and these controlled cities. And and then kids went back to school, work, you know, every, everyone went back. And I had five weeks of, well, about six weeks of of no work i've finished all my painting commissions i had nothing ahead of me it was the weirdest time and i opened my laptop and i literally had this story pour out of me every single day for about five and a half weeks i wrote up to seven thousand words a day wow i didn't plan the book i had no idea it wasn't structured i didn't know who the characters were i had no idea where the story was going until i absolutely my fingers were on the keyboard and it poured out of me. So everything you read is what poured out of, out of me from my subconscious, I guess you could call it. That's incredible. And then, it was, was, that, was that different to the other books you've written? I mean, uh, in the way that you wrote oh, it? Yeah, totally. Totally different. Yeah. I mean, like the diary of a lockdown mum, that was all my real experiences. Well, I said there wasn't all my real experiences, not all of them, but I, I made up a lot, you know, I exaggerated some, but some of them were real and some of them were exaggerated based on reality or based on my imagination. Um, the seven traits of a highly successful single parent were actually, it's me mixed in with everything I had learned about um, self-development, changing your mindset, you know, becoming more of a positive person, coming out of negative mindset, 
negative self-talk, positive self-talk, etc. My poems, well, poetry is different. It just comes from you anyway, doesn't it? Yeah, so. sure. A bit like music. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, would you say that uh, there's a message in the book for the reader about the dangers of AI? There are two messages. One, yes, I believe it's a real uh, warning to humanity about how where we go. So I, I think ugh, AI is about loss of control. So when we give our human power to someone else or something else, then I think humanity is in real danger mm. of no longer being, you know, in charge of the steering wheel. And yeah. that's the issue. And we've all seen Terminator. We've all seen those films. <laughs> I, I've always thought they were fiction, but I'm more, I'm more, um, worried, shall we say, that that actually could, could become a potential future. If we give so much power to AI, AI already has the ability to think for itself and so what makes us think that he wouldn't think that they're better than humans mm. i mean it's 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 far-fetched it's imaginative it's like a movie but the thing is it's a what if so it's a warning and the other message is that we all have the power to create our own destiny inside us we're all powerful we're far more powerful than we realize and if we can connect to that power inside us we don't need an external power we don't need um other people, you know, I, I've got to be careful what I say, but we don't need to have power imposed upon us because we really are very sovereign within ourselves. And I think the trouble is we're, we're so scared of knowing who we are that then that power will, won't get released within inside us. Mm -hmm. One person can change the world. Look at Jesus. One person yeah. could change the world. I think of Van Gogh, actually. He didn't know how powerful um, his paintings were going to be in uh, past his, you know, after he died. He didn't realize. And he was struggling. He was poor, you know, cut off his ear, you know. And, you know, it was his brother-in-law, I think, who kept him going, really. He was buying his paintings. But he never knew the impact that his paintings would have on the art world yeah. many years later. The power of just one person is incredible. Absolutely. Look at Einstein, one man. For good or for bad. Or for bad, well. exactly. Uh, do you think that, uh, say, 100 years ago or, or less, when um, computers might have been thought of, that people were frightened of the technology uh, then and worried about losing control, just as people are worried about AI today? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think everyone's worried about AI. That's the thing. A lot of people have the ostrich um, thing where they stick their head in the ground and go la 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 and just hope that everything bypasses them. Um, there's a there are a majority there are a minority who are pushing for it and there are a minority who are battling against it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would like the majority to turn the what the, the the part in the middle that aren't even thinking either way the ostrich effect, I'd like them to just get their head out the ground and just read Pyramid and think, well, what if this could happen? How do I feel? It doesn't really matter what I think, Tony. I just would like other people to stop and think too. So maybe well, the book could, uh, could maybe the book could sort of educate the reader uh, 
to uh, prepare them for what might come in the future because their eyes are opened, as you say, their, their heads are out of the sand and they're thinking, well, yeah, maybe that might happen in the future, maybe in 10, 20, 50 years, whatever. Um, so we better start thinking sensibly about how we're going to cope with it or what we're going to do with it. Yeah, exactly. I will say that the book is fiction, obviously. The characters are fiction. Um, so like any film we've ever seen, we've all watched Terminate and think, oh, my gosh, I hope that never happens. Mm. Independence Day, all of them, right? Films that we've we love. We hope that we never get invaded by aliens. We hope that, you know, we never have a nuclear war or the world falls apart. We have another, you know, Noah's Ark situation. We hope those things never happen. But wouldn't it be better to to just have more of an open mind about everything rather Mm. than thinking, well, that's going to happen anyway, so there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. As I said, we all have the power to change not just our lives, but actually impact the rest of the world for a better, I think, a better future for all of us. And you asked me about 100 years ago, right? So the book is based, um, most of the dystopian future is 100 years from now. Well, 100 years from 2024, right? And which is Jake's present timeline. So it'd be interesting if you asked them, the characters, the priest and Hayden are my favorite characters from the future. If you ask them, if you could go back a hundred years, what would you say to the people at that time? So it's, you know, I think that's quite interesting. You have to read the book to know who Prince, uh, the priest and, um, Hayden are. Oh. I'm, I'm in love with Hayden. Honestly, if I could find a guy who maybe is about 15 years older than Hayden, I'd be well happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I won't ask exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> Just a warrior. I may need a hug. <laughs> All right, well, that's fair enough. Um, do you think the book is anti-artificial artificial intelligence? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I think we need a um, – I think we have to – what we've come so far and I just think we shouldn't give it our power. That's the oh. difference. I suppose it's like all technology, really. It's good if it's if it's used as a tool for good and to make lives human lives yeah. better, uh, like computers and you know washing machines and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, also, the problem is, isn't it, that it can be used uh, to fight wars and to hurt people and harm That's people? Fine. Yeah. So I watched um, iRobot the other day, you know, the Will Smith film. I've seen it lots of times, but I watched it post-writing my book. And, you know, AI isn't so bad. Those ro- Most of the robots were pretty okay. It was who was controlling the chip. Mm. And I will go back to that. Whoever we who has control of the chip, of the technology, mm. maybe they're the ones we have to worry about. Yeah, and they're, not, and they're the humans. They're humans as well, you mm. know. They are humans. In the book, they're called controllers, and we don't really know if they're human. There is always that suggestion they might not be. It'll always be the humans that are the problem. Um, <laughs> and maybe even if there are aliens, and I'm sure there are uh, somewhere, because, you know, logic says that there must be because the universe is so big. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if there's a, a conflict with aliens, it'll probably down be down to some stupid human making a mistake or taking the wrong attitude Um, yeah i probably would say most most aliens would be benevolent but um Mm. well they they might be more sophisticated 
um, and have learned lessons that we have let get to learn. Well, if you think about it, right, if you if you look at it from that um, perspective, say we are just one planet in a vast number of planets within the universe, multiverse. We talk about the multiverse and the universe in the book, right? And here we are, an, a nasty battling planet, you know, with all these weapons to destroy each other and to destroy our planet, right? And then create, trying to almost destroy humanity by crushing us. And, you know, where's the love and the freedom and the kindness and all of that? And and so we're becoming a very crushed planet in many ways. You know, what if we would, somebody did, you know, uh, you know, pull the trigger and there was all these, you know, bombs going off and the world was destroyed. What impact do you think that would have on all of the other planets within the multiverse and all the different dimensions, if there are dimensions, you know, do you think the universe, the other, do you think they're going to allow that to happen? You know, so I can't help but think there must be like a governing body or something watching us and, and just praying that we're kind of like getting through this and becoming good better in ourselves and and have an awakening into the power of us of of what the planet can give us naturally rather than keep destroying everything and i'm not talking about global warming i'm warm, um, warming sorry i'm talking about the destruction of our trees the you know the destruction of our insects the pesticides etc we're constantly destroying what we already have and as i say in the book Everything that we need to survive as a human being is either in us, around us, or beside us. You know, the plants, aloe vera, lavender, you think of all those natural herbs that grow that actually benefit us um, on a medicinal level. You know, we can eat from trees, we can eat from, you know, plants that grow like fruit and vegetables, for example. We can eat from trees in the ground, we can eat the animals, we can eat the fish. If we lived harmoniously together with, you know, nature, then we wouldn't have to worry about things like global warming. But unfortunately, we've been pumping our seas full of chemicals, pumping our air full of chemicals. You know, you could you could go into into so many little different rabbit holes, which I've had to do with lots of research. You'll be really surprised about what's going on out there. Yep, I get you. I think I think I think a lot of people do, you know. I think a lot of people are frustrated because you know what you say uh, is is very valid, but people don't know what to do about it, you know. And then you bring politics into it, which is crazy and corrupt. And shall I say that? Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, you're allowed to say corrupt. And. Uh, they don't seem to have the same feelings that ordinary people do because all they're interested in is the politics and the power and getting votes and and so on and so money. forth, it seems. Money. Money underlines everything. Money, yeah, of course, yeah. And that's the other big big uh, evil, isn't it? You know, People it with too much money. Well, and that's the problem. If it, that goes into digital, so if we lose our cash, if we lose our, use, lose our sovereign right to transact with with cash and currency, like physical currency, and suddenly we're, we've got either these little grains of rice in our hand to pay for things, like you, I think they do it in Norway or Finland. Mm. Um, these little chips that we can pay for things with our hands, yep. right? Or the uh, CBDCs, 
who then is the same thing who whoever controls the computer or the chip controls us and that's what this book is about the warning is if we give away too much of our power what do we become mm. you know who are we and what do we become yeah i mean we are controlled <clears throat> and manipulated aren't we i mean if you yeah um what should i i looked at um at an advert on facebook for a watch i don't need a watch i've got one and it's fine it's not a particularly nice watch but it does everything exactly as i want it so I, i'm not looking to buy a watch but I, I looked at this advert that popped up on facebook and i must have looked at it for a little bit too long yeah. and and <laughs> i didn't even click it on it or like it or anything that's all i did is look at it and now mm -hmm. i'm deluged with adverts on not just facebook but the others as well for, yeah. for watches so that's an algorithm, isn't it, that's uh, recognised that I might be interested in buying a watch. So now I'm getting marketed at for watch watch companies. Um, and there's yeah. cookies on everything. There are cookies <clears throat> on everything. You know, and I'm sick of clicking on customise my cookies or decline or reject. And, mm. you know, you have to do it every single time you open up a open up something. You, you know, they've got cookies and they're watching you the entire time. And it's just... Yeah. It's just boring. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, Paula, it's been uh, fascinating. <laughs> I'm not. Do, I don't know whether I don't think we went off track. We might have done a little <laughs> bit. We went, might have gone to another universe briefly. Um, but it's all relevant, isn't it? With um, your book called Pyramid. Why is it called Pyramid, by the way? Uh, well, the pyramid is a system within um the, the so there are new humans that are created and the pyramid is a system of control run by the controllers so top to the bottom it's like any pyramid selling scheme or uh, you know um it's a it's more of a, a tower of control i suppose right You're and also i'm fascinated by pyramids i find them really interesting well yeah i mean why do they make them that shape you know is it just to control the rain or something um yeah. <laughs> probably not it's uh, been fascinating, as I say, to talk to you again. Um, your book, Pyramid, is out now, uh, available on Amazon and everywhere else, I should imagine. Uh, thank you for talking to me on Human Stories, Paula. Thank you for having me, Tony. Always a pleasure. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.